support joint health and muscle comfort with the anti-flam range from Chemist Warehouse starting from $18.99. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Ball back post up they go and it's hit it down and in! Ellie Stan has done it! She's been a towering menace all night and she's got the winner surely! In the 90th minute, South African hearts break around the world. Nice, smart reflex save. Final whistle sounds. Sweden survive. But only just. We are, yeah, I said it, we are. This is Rock Nation. Pledge your allegiance. Get your boutiques on. All black, everything. Around the final corner on a day to celebrate for the team and driver. The Dutch driver has dominated once more. Seven victories in a row for Max Verstappen, who wins the Hungarian Grand Prix. And that long-standing record is gone. Twelve wins in a row for Red Bull in Formula One. They take the consecutive win record away from McLaren. Scott Toy's game plan has been flawless today. Execution almost as good. Wow! Harmon with another one. Hey! 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 Yes, good morning, Izzy Kempi for breakfast. SENZ just after 6 o'clock on a Wet old morning down here in Otatahi, Christchurch. Tony Kemp is joining us just before he butters his crumpet with a nice bit of jam. We're going to talk <laughs> about this wet rain that's everywhere. It is absolutely crazy, Kempy. Lake Dag. Well, might as well call it Lake Tahoe. It is absolutely monstrous down here, but there's plenty rain about, mate. It hasn't stopped. It has been relentless, Kempy. I seen that. I seen the uh, the social that Mandy put up, mate, um, of your place down there. It's oh. pretty wet. Eh? You got obviously that late rain that we got late last week has made its way down yeah. there. And uh, I was reading in the paper this morning that they are asking people to evacuate down there. So hopefully everyone's safe. It's pretty wet. It is crazy, absolutely crazy. Um, I was at a birthday on Saturday, and then I jumped in the taxi, and I was coming home, and. You know, in your typical Uber car, you're in a little Prius that's hovercrafting across the across the road. It was scary. Was it? Because there's just all these floods across the road that you you can't see in the dark, so you're hitting it at a bit of pace, and then all of a sudden you're just hovering across the water, skimming across the road. It's it's absolutely crazy out there. So if you're around, take care of yourselves. And uh, yeah, got a um, got a message on my phone. Uh, last night that uh, Tuahiwi, which is pretty close, only 10, 10 minutes from my house, is having to be evacuated. So wow. I know this is becoming common for, for us in New Zealand. I just got a message from Joe and Gizzy. He's uh, felt the wrath of of human and of Mother Nature at the moment. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty hard to, to stay safe and, and stay positive through it. But that's what you got to do, and hopefully we can bring you some positivity today. But Kempi, look, I know we're going to talk about it later on in the show. We've got a stack show for you. We've got Ryan Fox. We'll talk to him. Time 52, 52nd at the Open on the weekend. Obviously, four over on his final day. Be pretty disappointed with that. But Brian Harmon wins his first major, so we'll talk to him about that competition. We'll be talking some ashes. We've got Stacey Jones after eight. 
We're also going to be talking to Jonathan Parks, your good friend. Jam into didgeridoo. I know you've been celebrating, mate. <laughs> but you had absolutely no confidence in Jammy Boy when he came around that bend. If you watch our socials, go and watch it. Kempi's commentating the whole thing. And from watching that, you're thinking, oh, well, Jam's about 300 metres last. He's got nowhere to go. But he swamps down the outside and gets home and pays $7.50. The worst thing about it, I want to hear from Jonathan Parks. I reckon he had faith in the boy the whole time. Well, you gave me no faith, so I went on the place, and I'm absolutely gutted. Oh, how good was that? He wasn't. He wasn't off the pace. He was five links last at the at the six hundred. And um, uh, that uh, that social that we gave to Kiz and Kiz put up on our socials, uh, mate. I was like, I actually sent it to Alan yesterday. I said, mate, did I send you? Because I have no idea what I was doing on Saturday afterwards. Um, I, I said, did I send you? Did I send you that video on Saturday? He goes, no, you didn't. I sent it to him. He sent me back, mate. He said, that is so good. He, and he and he sort of regurgitated it and sent it back to me. But I've got to be honest. Um, geez, it's a, it's a hard ride to watch, isn't it? Whenever Jam runs. <laughs> whenever, whenever Jam runs and he decides not to get out of the gates and just cruising around the back. But the, the big thing about it is no one does that at New Plymouth. Like, all, um, all day up until that race, they're coming off the speed at the front and, and no one can catch them at the front. So mm. I talked to Bruce, ooh, I reckon, about half an hour before the race and he said, oh, look, they're all coming off the front so we've got to be right in it if we're any chance. <laughs> well, if you watch that race, we had no chance, absolutely no chance. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, hit, hit the, I want to talk to Jonathan about that. What was it like? Because he sort of just hit the, tur- hit the turbo, hit the afterburners and come flying down the outside. But... Um, I'm pretty sure because I did say each way. I told the other the people I want to talk to is our sales team here because mm. on Monday I you know they've been giving me a bit of jip on the punters club. I walked up to the table and I said, "Listen, listen, don't shoot the messenger, but I've got a couple of horses running this weekend, and they both can win." Okay, yeah, and then they get yeah. they got stuck into me, and I said, "Hey, listen, I'm just saying." So I can't wait to walk back out there <laughs> nine nine oh five, and I say, "Right, who got paid?" <laughs> don't, don't call it a punters club, mate. Call it a uh, donation, donation club because that's all we do. That's all we do every week, every month. We get a message: "Hey, you've missed your payments." Well, where's this money going? It's going straight to the TAB. Someone's getting something somewhere, and I think it's Dills. So anyway, but it's Uncle. The Mark's message through. Morning, boys. Cheers, Kempi. I only had 40 left in the account and took a 40-buck double jam and missed a didgeridoo. Obviously, back-to-back wins, Kempi. What did that pay, Mark? Just uh, no, because I didn't put it on. And usually, I do multi-things up, and I didn't put it on, and I reckon it would have paid you plenty. So, Mark, well done. John, he got on board. Plenty of you out there would have got paid. Alvin, Alvin just got on board. He got paid. Oh, well done, Kimpy. Well done. We've got Jonathan Parks coming up later on the show for our Love Racing, and we'll have a little chat to him. Surely he's had conference. He's going on a wee bit of a break, but, um, mate, how good. Cannot wait to chat that. But, Kimpy, there was plenty going on. Let's talk some ashes, mate. Let's yeah. talk some ashes because, obviously, rain's affecting down here in Christchurch, but rain over in England has forced the match to be drawn. 2-1. Unfortunate. England. England will be absolutely spitting tax. They had an absolute chance to get this evened up heading to the fifth test. Now it has been drawn 2-1. 
They'll be breathing a sigh of relief. Oh, just oh, the Australians will be definitely after England coming out and absolutely owning them in this Test match. All but for the rain in Manchester, mate. You go to the north of England and you're guaranteed rain. You know what I mean? Like to put one one of the things they should look at. And here's a here's the question for everyone: like, why would you have a, if if it always plays out that way, the later or the middle matches in Manchester of all places? You know what I mean? They should be playing all of those. But well, get that out of the way first, or get it, leave it till you know, leave it out altogether. I reckon. But people said, "Oh, no, it's Manchester and it's raining." I was like, "Mate, it's always raining up there." You know, so he'd be he'd be absolutely spewing there because England. I thought I was the first thing I did when I woke up this morning was I uh, I turned on the the uh, socials to check whether or not the Ashes had any any mm. bowls, um, balls bowled last night and he said no it's a, it's a drawn match rain diff and I was just like oh man that's you know gearing for that fifth one which everyone around the world would have been watching uh, if they could have got to it and unfortunately now it's just a, you know they're playing for a draw and then the Australians I think get out of jail mate with that one get oh, out of jail oh they do they do. England have fought their way back into the series, and now we're potentially going to see Australia win or or a drawn series. That makes for a case, Kempi, would you? I know, look, this is probably clutching a wee bit, but would you try and chuck another one in there? Chuck another one, another match in there and potentially force a result. That's what we're seeing with test matches at the moment. You want to see results. You hate seeing a match drawn. And in England, they play for a result. Australia have plant been starting to play for a result. Now we're potentially going to see a drawn series or Australia uh, retain the Ashes. Should we go for another one? Well, what, why, don't, <laughs> why, don't they, why don't they just play it out? Like if it rains, just say mm. wait till the fine day comes and, and you know, day, th- day three of the, the Ashes is played the next fine day that comes along. Like it's not as if, you know, they, they're in a hurry to get home. They, they tour for months. So you might as well just add another couple of days. I, I, I just think it's a, a pretty poor end to what looked like um, England doing a number in Australia. And that last match would have been just everyone would have been talking about it. So now that it's, they're playing it for a draw, I know that I know that Basil definitely want to win that one um, and win it well. But the Australians like they'll be they'll be breathing a sigh of relief that they've got the urn and they can, and they retain it because I've got it at the moment. So. Yeah, I, I don't have the answer there. I just think when, you, when you're calling off a test match because of rain, like that's, that's pretty old school, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. No, look, it's, uh, it won't happen. It won't happen. I'd love to see a result. This has been such an enjoyable uh, match-up, England taking on Australia. And you can catch it all here on SCNZ. Hope you're enjoying the coverage throughout the night. You just chuck it on your SCN app. You put it by your pillow and you just drift away into the night. I know my father and my dad's been doing that. I know many of you out there will be enjoying it. 0800-150-811 is our phone line. And double eight double three Temper Bedpost text machine sent through your favourite sport from the weekend. And did you get paid? Many of you would have got paid on the weekend, particularly with this call. And I know Kempe, Kempe's kicker. Kempe's kicker oh got off to God. a hell of a start on Friday night. Kim! Was up and about. She sent through a couple of tweet, uh, Facebook messages to our crew when that happened. And I was thinking, okay, Rory McIlroy loves the Open. Scotty Scheffler retained world number one. Surely he can get into the top, but we missed out by 13 spots. We needed Scotty Scheffler to have a day. He shot four under to go even, but he was 13 places off that top 10. And if he got top 10, Kim... 
And who did you take? Who were you with in that in that competition? Dino from New Plymouth. Dino, Dino would have got paid <laughs> big time. I think he was paying fourteen hundred bucks. Yeah. And Maratini Akore did his part, and then went off with the HI. But let's talk that performance, mate. The Raiders at home. I was thinking, okay, we haven't played well in the wet yet. We started pretty pretty slow. Couple unforced errors. We're just sailing along, and then we started getting some some traction, and we started playing in the right ends of the field. And then there's been a couple of big moments that Ricky Stewart's come out and debated, Sebastian Chris, when he got denied a try from DWZ, and now he's complaining about that. But to win it in Golden Point, this is a different Warriors outfit, Kempe. Yeah, it is, because you would have thought, you know, that, that side last year, if they got put into that position, they couldn't kick a field goal to save themselves, you know. But uh, there, were some, there were some big moments in that game. I, we calling it me and Sammy. I said that to him. I said, oh, Ricky Stewart's going to blow up about this when Sebastian and Chris went over. Just before halftime, uh, there's, I think, a minute and 30 left just before halftime when, when DWZ. It, it looked like he hit him high and that ball got dislodged. And I thought they'd go upstairs and have a look at it. But, they, mate, they had such a quick look at it and said, no, that's, that's no try. And I went, mate, Ricky's got something to say about this in the press conference. That'd be interesting, which he did. He's come out and blown up and said that should have been a penalty try. But it was a swing because in that next 90 yeah. seconds, they went down there. Instead of going in 8-6, they've gone in, uh, what was that, 12-6 up, 14-6 up yeah. at half time, And uh, the second half, mate, they, look, we get in, We had all that rain that you've got down there now, so there were a heap of errors. I think both were only completing at 70% in that first half. But that last three minutes, mate, you know, 10 points mm. down, they put a little grubber through, they score that. Jack White and throws that pass down the down the sideline um, to release Hopawati back inside to White and to score that try. Thankfully on the wrong side of Croker's left foot to kick the goal, so he had to get through that. Uh, and I've got to say, it was a clinical. They raced Tohu Harris back onto the field, so he was off. And then they get you get a, you get an interchange, so they race him straight back out there. And him and Aiden Fanua Blake said, "Look, we'll just set the line here." Unfortunately for um, Canberra, they get they they kick the ball too deep, get a repeat set, set uh, an extra tackle set, so they get seven tackles, and they and then they get a repeat set on the halfway, and it's all over. Sean Johnson. Mate, in the form of his career, steps up and puts another chapter in the 2023 um, book for Sean Johnson. So the best thing for me of the night was the 19,000 people standing up um, yeah. when he kicked that goal, but then singing their team song at the end of it. So they put, I've never seen it done before. They put the team song up, so they obviously had videos done, put it up on the big screen there with all the words. And the crowd sung it, mate. I was like, "That's pretty cool, man." You know, sportsmen—they probably—they—they they probably picture those moments before it even happens. A la Lionel Messi for Inter Miami over in the MLS. Oh, how good was when that? When he scripted the best moment, David Beckham would have been witnessing that and saying, "Look, we're going to write a movie about this. You're winning it in the 90th minute." That is Sean Johnson. At the moment, full of confidence and can do everything. We're going to quickly just get to Joe from Gizzy because he rang me on Saturday and, well, he won big. Joey, your shout. Hey, I'm just ringing 0800 the Oracle looking for, uh, <laughs> <laughs> look, 
looking for some guidance once again, Uncle, because uh, I'm Snia Corey into the Warriors 12 and under, into our amazing double, into Brian Tor double try score with Edrith. I'm thinking UFC 293, here we come. Grand final, here we come. So I just wanted to pay homage. Uh, at the uh, altar of the Oracle this morning and say Namiya uh, Nui for, uh, for guiding us on an amazing journey the weekend, Kimpy. Oh, thanks. But, uh, thanks, mate. That was the one we were just talking about. I'm <laughs> glad he guided you, mate. He gave me absolutely no confidence heading into that. So, look, he's talking to someone and giving them confidence, Joey. Yeah, oh, you just gotta, you just gotta stick strong, bro. Stick strong, you know. Put your, put your money up, you know. We got burned a couple of weeks ago at Tarapa where he ran a, a long distance last, and I was throwing things at my television that day. But uh, yeah, he's, he's Mate, a couple weeks away from coming out to you. You left four televisions today with the amount you won. <laughs> Oh, it's a, you know, I paid a chunk off the mortgage this morning, I must say. But um, I just say, <laughs> what an amazing weekend of sport. You know, our Warriors going good. And the one thing, Kippy, three teams around us did it a massive favour on the weekend. Yeah. Manly beating Cronulla, you know, South getting beat just outside the eight, right? And now we're looking at that, that, those, that points differential we've got and that, that, that win we had on Friday will just keep us there and then... You know, it's starting to turn our way, Kempe, starting to turn our way with results going our way as well. The rub of the green, like you've got to take the rub of the green with that, uh, that Dallin Watini Zelezniak tackle. But you're dead right. Melbourne got to beat Para by about 40 or 50 points to jump us. I think we're, we, we're top three the next game um, we come to. And with our favourable run home, Joe, mate, there's a questionnaire. Hey, Kempe, do you know the rules? Read the, the Warriors hosting a preliminary grand final, semi-final. Apparently, Mount Smart aren't allowed to host the semi-final only week one. No, I don't I don't know that, and I haven't heard that. Um, you are meant to host a home semi in the top four. But uh, we've got Cam George on this week. We'll make sure we ask that question and find out. Cheers, Joey boy. Appreciate it, mate. Spend your money wisely, okay? And uh, Kempi will be expecting some more venison. That cares is very appreciative of as well. So thanks very much, Joey, brother. There he is. Joey from Gizzy winning big. That'll be interesting to know. Surely, Kempi, if you work so hard, it doesn't matter where you play, mate. Mount Smart will be absolutely humming. If that is correct, there'll be some uh, There's some, some people blowing up. Yeah, there'll be some blowing up. up. Yep. And and the other thing with that too is that they left the grandstand up, is he? That northern grandstand that the All Blacks use. Mm. So that was yep. that was left up. I wouldn't be surprised if they probably leave that up um, if they do get the home semi. But we'll ask we'll ask Cam that he's coming in to do a, a bit of a chat with us. I think it might be later on today or tomorrow, and uh, I'll make sure that Sammy asks that question. All right, let us know. Double eight, double three, Temper Bed Post text machine. What was your moment of the weekend? What got you up? What did you get paid if Jam got you paid with Mr. Didgeridoo? We'd love to hear from you. There's plenty going on. Warriors, Brian Harmon winning the Open. We've got Ryan Fox, T52nd. He's coming on after 7 o'clock. So a big show ahead. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Welcome back, 0800 Give us a call anytime or even give us a text on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Temper and Bedpost ranges are mattresses and adjustable bases. Adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. And the Warriors will be sleeping in comfort this week as they head into the bye. Top three, baby, sitting on 28 points. They'll get to 30 points and be in the top three after this weekend's round. But Brenton from Auckland has given us a call. He wants to talk Warriors. Brenton, good morning. Good morning, brother. How are you? 
Oh, good, mate. It's always good after a big weekend or potentially getting paid a wee bit, but the Warriors getting up. There is so much going on, but, mate, how good is it when you know the Warriors can win ugly and win when their back's against the walls? Obviously, that last two minutes didn't help, but when you're trying to rewrite the script, it gives us a lot of confidence. A bit of a scramble there. Same way. Cutting out a wee bit there, Brenton. You good? Might have lost him. Are you there, Brenton? No, it's all right. Now, Don't worry yeah, about I'm that. I'm back now. Oh, you got yes, you, Brenton. Um, yeah, what were you no, saying, the mate? Uh, the Warriors, yeah, yeah they were good. Um, Dallin was awesome when he tried save. I don't think there was too much in there when it was with the hit high too much. Just a bit of a... He should have just dived over a bit earlier, the guy. But then... Mm. What I'm a bit concerned about is his defence. He seems to come in, like if you watch that camera, he seems to just come up Oh, we're going to have to wrap you there, Brenton, but we know what you're saying, mate. It's uh, that DWZ moment from Sebastian Chris when he scored just uh, before half time. That, that moment, Kempe, it was high at any touch of the head or above the shoulders is deemed illegal. Um, was there enough case there for Ricky Stewart to be up in arms about that situation? Did it have a big impact? Was there enough force in it into it in that moment to force Sebastian Chris to lose that ball? Well, I don't, look, the hand got to the football, so I think you know he was he was going for the football, but he hit his face at the same time, and it's just a yeah. it's that. Uh, carelessness in it is that that's what they call it careless um, grading of what he'd done when I first saw it I thought oh yeah no they're, they're going to hear more about that because it, it didn't look good but they took a really close look um, quick look at it and moved on I've got to say mate well, we don't get the rub of the green that much you have to take that you know you have to take that call did it have much to do with the game yeah well I thought it I thought it probably had a lot to do you know, if instead of going in at 8-6, you're going in at 14-6 down, your, your whole demeanour around your team's change when you're talking to them at half-time because you're now chasing eight points, not two points, and that scoreboard pressure does funny things to football teams, you know what I mean? So um, it's a it's a tough decision that he had to bear, Ricky Stewart, but the Warriors have had a, a, a million tough decisions that they've had to bear. And they just got on and, and done it. That last thing that Brenton was talking about was the defence of Dallin on that right edge, you know, and how he gets his body turned inside out um, on a number of times. So I think I think they'll work on that. I've had a couple of people mention that to me this week. I think they'll work on that, and uh, he'll get better as the as the run into the finals comes around. And you start to think since that big moment, start of the year when Jason Paris, the one NZ CEO, has created a bit of a storm <laughs> online, that the calls has started to come the Warriors' way. The 50-50s are starting to come the Warriors' way. So, oh, mate, I've been watching that with um, with interest and just wondering, man, ever since that call, those 50-50s have started to go the Warriors' way. And now they're top three. But, hey, you make every game a winner. And SJ in that final moment, you'd want, you wouldn't want anyone else but Sean Johnson right at the moment when there's a golden point and a chance to win it, he tends to does it, do it every single time. Captain K was on for headlines, so he's going to come up and lead us into it. And then we've got Love Racing 
We've got Jonathan Parks who's going to join us after a big weekend with a couple of back-to-back winners for Tony Kemp and many of you out there getting paid. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Auntie Aroha. 35 minutes past six here on SENZ. It is Ian Kempe for breakfast. Rick Dog out, so Captain K's uh, got the keys in the kitchen today. Boys, power your business with Bunnings Trade. Power pass. I thought I'd started off down there in Otatahi uh, Daggy. Your boys, the Canterbury Rams. First time since 1992 that we can call the Rams Oof. the champions. After three games in four days, boys. What Were a you tournament. born then? Me? No, I, no, is he? Dagger. Dagger was 88. Dagger was four. I was four. Dagger was, was four. celebrating as a, as a four-year-old. Meanwhile, me, I was negative 10. But anyway, we'll move on that one there, boys. I, 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 to be fair, boys, I was a bit surprised that they ran the full final series. So all games from semi-finals onwards were played at Trust Arena up here in Auckland. Um, so not they even the home. shouldn't have been there anyway, guess. They got a bit of luck. What, the Rams? Well, I was just going to say, boys, if you remember a few days ago, uh, after we spoke to Jordan Natai and the Hawks Bay Hawks, they went over to play the Rams in their preliminary final. Bit of a uh, goaltending disruption there. We spoke to Justin Nelson on that. If you did miss that, miss the rule clarification, all you uh, angry Hawks Bay citizens, uh, you, Dagger included, going both ways on this one. But uh, if you missed that, go check it out on our podcast. Body channel. Uh, boys, uh, probably catch up with Judd Flavel tomorrow, the, the coach of the Canterbury Rams. I think we'll He'll be happy we'll today. Yeah, we're here, mate. Well, Where today, is he? He'll and be I'm happy. surprised he was going to come <laughs> on. But, Diggy, I was going to save him the hassle there on that one. He's celebrating. Let him enjoy that moment. <laughs> but, mate, let's talk about, just quickly before we move on to the next one, Tuatara. The Tuatara. Mm. Rob Lowe, five points in the final game. Just wouldn't shoot. What? Just hey, what, darling, what was going on, darling down low for the Canterbury Rams was just too big for him mm. and just had to force him out of the paint. And we know that Rob Lowe has a handy three-point shot on him, but they just weren't giving him the space to shoot it. It was really interesting defence by the Rams. They uh, Every time that mm. Charlie Dalton, the young uh, Tuatara Rosmany college student, was out there on the floor, they were doubling someone else and leaving him wide open to take the shot, which is easy, an easy way to get in someone's head, especially someone of, of Charlie Dalton's age. And to his credit, he had a stunner uh, everywhere else besides three-point shooting, but it just wasn't their night, the Tuatara. They had a good lead, started the game, uh, I think, four or, or six-nil, uh, which in basketball is only two possessions, but a red-hot start. They got the lead out to eight, and, and the Canterbury Rams just, just turned up in that second half with something else, and, and it was Aaron Young, the coach of the Tuatara. that they've slipped up in the final? It yeah, is indeed, last year to, the, to our oh, oh. Otago Nuggies, but who also had a loss in the semi-final. So the reigning champs were out on, on Saturday night. The Rams had a, had a tough road to the final, but they made it there, and uh, and they got the job done after uh, after three games in four days, boys. How good. Uh, from a little bit of positive onto a little bit of negative before we wrap up, because I know that uh, we've got to get off to the man that, that filled all of our pockets this weekend, Mr Parks. But, boys, I thought I'd update you on the Kylian Mbappe saga. I don't know how much you would have seen of this over the weekend, but obviously we've we've had talks pretty much since last year around uh, rumours surrounding Kylian Mbappe. Well, here's the thing, Dagger. He might be taking nothing. 
So uh, oh. uh, PSG are headed off on their preseason tournament to Japan. It was announced by the, uh, the by the head of PSG that Mbappe wouldn't be travelling with the team. Now that's not all that unusual. We have seen the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo and, and Lionel Messi miss preseason just due to uh, uh, getting themselves ready for the for the season. But it's not that story at all. PSG want Mbappe gone as soon as possible. And I'll play this little clip here for you for Sky Sport before we get out of here, just explaining the situation, but pretty much to give it a bit of context, Kylian Mbappe has said that he no longer wants to be at PSG, and there's a rumour that he might leave at the end of next year when his contract runs out for free. Let's hear what Sky Sport had to say. I mean, the way PSG feel about what he's done, I I I can't really repeat on national no, TV. <laughs> yeah, I can't uh, I can't repeat the, the words that are being used. In private, they're absolutely scathing. Uh, they feel like this is the ultimate betrayal. Uh, they feel like he's sabotaging the club. Potentially, he's killing the club. They feel that it's all about money. They feel that he's not a man of his word anymore because he's got on the record in interviews as saying, I will never leave uh, PSG uh, for nothing. And just a few days ago, Nasser Al-Khalafi, the president of PSG, gave a speech to the whole squad. And he basically said to them, look, if there's anyone here in this room who thinks that they're doing PSG a favour by being here, get out now, because we don't want you here. And that's basically PSG's attitude now. The gloves are off. It's time to, uh, you know, act tough. They've been messed around by superstar players in the past. They're not going to let it happen again. They want him out ASAP. Real serious stuff there, boys. Uh, Reports now, after that clip, Mbappe is prepared to sit out the entire league all season with PSG. So if he stays at the club, uh, we won't be seeing Kylian Mbappe in in, in action for PSG this season, which is absolutely uh, just just crazy to me. Uh, One of the best players in the world now that Messi is in, obviously, in the USA, which Mm. puts him out of the Champions League. Ronaldo's obviously gone off to Saudi Arabia, so it opens up this new world for the likes of Haaland and Mbappe, these new superstars. And if this is the way that it's going to go with Mbappe only being 23, 24 years old and being thrown $600 billion from PSG of his contract. <laughs> that was tongue-in-cheek, by the way, people. He didn't actually yeah. get $600 billion, But he's been thrown the kitchen sink from Paris Saint-Germain, and now he's saying he wants to leave. So, so boys, at Real Madrid, Chelsea, Manchester United, a few clubs knocking on the door. It's uh, going to be interesting. Sit tight and, and let's see where he goes. Those are your sports headline boys. Dragged on a little bit there, but there's lots to talk through this morning. Trades and builders, power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass and Diggy, let's uh, park the negatives and get back onto some positives, eh? We'll get to the other park. Jonathan Parks, he's coming up. Love racing. We'll get a little steering from the weekend's result, particularly when he's about 300 metres last. I want to know what he was thinking. Stay tuned. He's starting to come after it as two. Violets of Blue over on the outside. Iconic Lass still holding the lengths. Mr. Didgeridoo's trying to gun her down. Iconic Lass. Mr. Didgeridoo's going to have one last shot at it. Getting down close to home and I reckon on the line. Mr. Didgeridoo from Iconic Lass. It's close though. Yes, welcome back. Find a thoroughbred race day at events.loveracing.nz. We've got our love racing. We're just trying to get a hold of Jonathan Parks. He's still celebrating that moment when uh, Mr. Did You Do, the big grey, got up. And I can just picture, if I was on Mr. Did You Do, which I was, but only a tiny bit, only a tiny bit, if I had a wee bit more on, I potentially would have stopped that happening. 
Kempe. You have one winner, <laughs> and you have another top weight that goes and gets the job done. Did you have confidence, or did you have any? What were your expectations of Mister Didgeridoo when it raced in that back up from Jam? When you you know your excitement's just done a level out, and then it goes and does that. Well, and especially during the race, the next race, so you didn't have to wait too long um, for it to run. I'd, all day I was saying, you know, like, I'd be so good if, if they both can get a win, you know, down there on their home track. And um, I had a little bit of faith in, in in Didge because Al said that he'd trained with um, Jam all week and he'd, he'd gone all right, you know, because Jam was in really good good uh, good shape leading into the Upanaki Cup. The, the problem with that one of the Upanaki Cup is we might pick up something from the handicapper for the Winter Cup, which isn't ideal uh, when I come down and catch up with you next week. So... Um, but I thought that was a really um, tough race from Didgeridoo. You know, like that mm. that horse that got out the front had to had to track it. You know, got close to it. And um, I don't know if you've seen that footage, but I videoed that one as well. Uh, I was at the t- I was at the top of it, going, <laughs> "Come on, come on!" And you know, I was going with its head, so I was saying, "Come on!" As the head was bobbing, "Come on, come on!" And then it bobbed on the line, and I went by lip. Got it by lip, mm. and then then that uh, photo finish came up. It was a lip, honestly, uh, but a very good, very good win. It's a second out of three. Uh, Els basically said it needs a lot of work, um, and you know it's still learning, uh, mm. but he likes it. He likes the half brother to just ask me. He said they're very similar. They take a lot to get into. But having Parksy on him, Parksy jumped with him and got him right into the race early. He doesn't do that if he's five lengths last on that on that corner coming around. So, um, mate, I could, I'll tell you what, I was so happy. It was such a good afternoon getting – yeah, those those days, mate, like been in the racing game a long time, but when you've got two, two, two horses in a race day meet, getting, getting both winners – Mate, I guess I know how what Dave Ellis feels like now. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, honestly, that I thought uh, Jonathan had him on the bridle pretty early. And I thought Mr. Didgeridoo is going to have to win really tough here. You know, I had to go early to get Iconic Lass back into the picture and just kept fighting and just little bits, moment after moment. Every stride just started gaining and gaining and gaining and then gets it by a lip in the end. But, mate. We want to play this little clip for you because I know many of you got paid out there. Let's rip into this. In the middle here, Chajabada, Deerfield, Helena Baby, no run, Durham Lad, no run, Secret Immortal, going to get through late. And then Helena Baby, Wessex, and Just Ask Me is flying under the 60. Have a look at this. Just Ask Me right down the outside. Whoa, what a horse. He's done it again. Just Ask Me. What a horse, he's done it again, just ask me. Well, he's gone and bought Kempi another truck because he's already <laughs> bought him a truck this year. So Kempi can go in out there and have a wee shop and potentially buy another one. But Kempi, that was a huge win. When you're carrying the weight like Jam was, 700 kilos on its back, and to be able to do that in conditions that probably don't favour Jam. wasn't raining, wasn't horrible, it was a little bit sticky, the track. It was heavy, obviously, but the conditions were warm, they were dry, and uh, Jam surprised many and got the job done. You spoke about it. Coming down here at the start of August and racing in Christchurch, what does that do for Jam? Is he going to have more weight? Yeah, he'll probably, well, who knows what the handicappers will do, but they may give him another kilo. So he may carry 60 
down there in the Winter Cup. Mm. Um, and it, it'd be a good race. But, you know, I, I said to Alan, like, he's come home and another 200, because he's a 1,600 horse, you know what I mean? So he's still yep. another 200 metres in him. Mate, he wins by margin with 60 kilos on his back, you know. That's only a 1,400-metre race that he won on the weekend. So I, th- I think, you know, and, you, and you've got to give it to Alan. Like, he's a, a very, mm. very good and astute uh, horse trainer, knows how to set the horses up. So he'll send him down what he, he said he'll have a run tomorrow. He'll put him on the truck on Wednesday down to Christchurch. He'll get him ready down there. Then he'll go down and get him ready for the Cup next week. Um, look, I still think he's a big chance. I think doing doing that um, in the Opanaki open Cup with 60 kilos and the way that he did it, you know, the, the only unfortunate thing with it, we, we've got uh, Jonathan Riddell on the back of him as opposed to Parksy, because Parksy has to serve a suspension. Um, but another senior jockey, mate, So, which is we're really happy with that. And but it's, it's racing. You know, We're in with a chance. We know our horse is running really, really well, and, and I'm coming down because I think it's got a real good chance to, to, to get that one as well. So, mate, if it gets that one, is he look out. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from me. Stay away from me. No, me and Daisy and myself will... Pop along and uh, show you some support because I feel like after Jam has been on the show and we've watched Jam over the last couple of years, I feel like I'm a part of it, mate. It's absolutely outstanding. And Jonathan Parks, well, his suspension has already started. We started, we struggled to get him this morning, but no doubt he'll be uh, enjoying the moment and taking a bit of time off as he comes back uh, later on in the year. Well done, Kempi. Grab your mates and get on course. Visit events.loveracing.nz to find a race day near you. A big couple of hours coming up. Stay tuned. And Harmon makes his history at Hoylake. the 15th American to win this championship in the last 20 years. Well, well done, Brian Harmon, the lefty, getting the job done by six shots, 13 under, shoots a one under in his final round to win it comfortably over there at Royal Liverpool Golf Course. So, yes, in our next hour, we're going to catch up with Ryan Fox, T52nd, and that plus four on his final day. So disappointing there. But we have a little catch up with Foxy and see what he's got it coming up and the, why it was so difficult in that final round. And Kim, apologies, but Scotty Scheffler let us down for our Kempe's kicker. Wasn't able to get top ten. Rory McIlroy did his job. A final round of three under shooting, carding a six under for his four rounds. He was T6. And I think the big name, the big uh, name in the top of that, this was Jonathan uh, Jason Day. Jason Day tied second, shooting seven under. So he's back in contention. First time PGA won in the last five years this year. So he's starting to find some form. And there's another name there, yes, as well. Cameron Young. Well, Lammy sent a message through last week about Cameron Young. He got him at 61s. He was T second heading into the final round. He slipped away and he carded uh, two over on his final day to. Um, finish five under for a tease, uh eighth. So there you go, Lemmy. Unlucky. Stay tuned because Ryan Fox is coming up. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand.
And that's it. Mark Max Darling with the ball. Time winds down on the Sales NBL 2023 season. And your champions are the Canterbury Rams. Time and the USA have started their defense of the World Cup in expected fashion. They've won by three goals to nil. Many thought it might have been a couple of goals more. Here's Egan now, they go short side. Near corner! You should retire now. <laughs> you should retire now. He caught it before kickoff. Maratiniakone on the shorthand side. A beautiful line ball. He gets the first try of the evening, which is four minutes in, and it's four points to nil. Warriors lead. Yes, Kempi, you should retire now. Maratiniakone, the Oracle. You had a weekend to boot, mate. Just quick. Did you get on? Marata first try? No, no, hell no. I'm, I'm not back. You just love throwing it out there, right? I'm not getting everyone else everything. paid. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> I was giggling when that one went over because you sort of knew that that was where the weak um, part of the defensive line was for Canberra. And as it played, mm. it didn't even come off Sean Johnson because I thought he'd hit a line off Sean Johnson and go through. Wait, he can just stepped out a dummy half and threw him the football, man. He stepped through three tackles and went over. I was like, the funny, the funniest part about that is JB gave me a call from Aussie. So getting all these people phoning and texting, the boys down in Hawke's Bay are texting and phoning, and, and I'm going, yeah, just get on Marata Nuakori first try score. I was at Kez's, and Kez goes, I like Marata Nuakori, we're cooking the, the venison up here, and I went, yeah, I like him for first try score. So, mate, when he went over, that's why I was giggling, because I'd just spoken to all those people, going, I'm going, hope you've all got on and got paid. <laughs> Oh, the Oracle retire now. Football World Cup is well and truly alive too. Is there a more team with more swagger than the United States? Seeing them walk into that stadium, glasses on, How in good. their suits, absolute swagger to boot. But all right, there's plenty of that coming up. But right now, let's talk the Open. We've got the one and only Ryan Fox, who finished tied 52nd at the Open, Royal Liverpool, difficult conditions in the final day, shoot, carding a three over for a final score of plus four, and he's going to join us right now. Ryan Fox, good morning to you, brother. How you doing? Morning, boys. I'm good. Nice and dry now, finally. Yeah, mate. Look, obviously conditions would have been a tough one, and it would have been struggled to even go out there in the ocean and catch a few fish, mate. It was difficult conditions. Plus three, mate. Not what you wanted, but another solid result. You've had four majors this year. You've been in the top 100 every single time. You've played in the final round of all the majors, mate. So you must be relatively happy. Obviously, not the result you're after, but, you know, good confidence knowing you can compete at the big stage. Yeah, I'm pretty chuffed with making the cut in all four of them. Um, mm. No, it's been, it's been a bit of a, a funny year in the majors for me, copping pneumonia at the Masters. Um, my father-in-law passed away the week of the US Open, um, and then we, we had some pretty dicey weather here at the Open, which is probably more expected than the other two, that's for sure. So, um, yeah, look, after a, after a pretty awful first round to, to play the weekend here was, um, you know, a massive goal to, to tick off. And while it didn't work today, you know, there was 
um, I can still take some positives out of the week, that's for sure. A lot of people probably don't realise, you know, like when I was playing too, you, you're dealing with a lot of emotions, a lot of things during the week, but people's expectations are for you to be 100%. Mate, how were you able to, to juggle with all those disruptions and, and things that were going on in, in, the, in the background? Uh, it's been tough, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I, the golf course has kind of been a, a little bit of a sanctuary in that regard. You know, mm. when you get out on the on the course, it's kind of easy to just focus on that, what's in front of you, and not worry about all the other stuff. Um, it's sort of it's been tough at home, that's for sure. And um, mm. you know, we've got a newborn as well, and I certainly haven't had the prep that I would have had probably normally going into most tournaments this year. Um, done a whole lot more travel than I have done in a, in a lot of years and I think that takes it out of you as well but um, you know I think when I you know when I have played I've played for the most part pretty solid I haven't quite put it all together yet mm. but you know made a lot of cuts this year had a lot of um, you know decent results and really strong fields on really hard golf courses and you know it was kind of a, another one of those this week you know if, if you take out eight I made on on Thursday, on on the 18th, if I'd have just gone and made five there, you know, all of a sudden shoot one over, that's you know in the top 30 again, and you'd walk away going, well, you know, you know, four really solid major weeks and a bunch of other decent ones. It's you know, it's amazing how one one hole can kind of hurt you so much in, in such a big tournament. But you know, as I said earlier, just to play the weekend after that disastrous first round was was a pretty big step, and I hit some great shots coming down the stretch to, to even give myself a chance of playing the weekend. Yeah, we love we love watching you, Ryan. You're going, you know, going great guns, and it's good to be putting it into perspective too on uh, on some of the tough things that you actually have to deal with while you're getting out there playing in these majors. What, what's, what was the weather? Like, what did it play? And for the people that don't really understand what you're putting up with, like, is there parts of that, I, I guess... Um, tournament where you go, you're going there standing in the rain, the wind, those bunkers and go, man, it just doesn't get any harder. Just talk us through some of that stuff. Yeah, I mean it, it's Lynx golf is pretty brutal anyway. Um, you know, you look at those bunkers and you oh, there's plenty of plenty of photos throughout the week of guys hitting out sideways or backwards or, you know, one foot in. I even heard stories of of people hitting putter in a bunker to just put yeah. it further back from the lip so they could get out the next time. So you're dealing with that. Obviously, it's it's windy. Um, and then you've got what you deal with today in the rain. And you know, I've always struggled a little bit in the rain. Um, I've got a, got a bit of speed. Always worried about the grip slipping a little bit. I've, I've always kind of struggled playing in a jacket. Um, I've sort of got the body shape that's got short arms and big shoulders, so nothing kind of fits properly. Um, yeah. And then... The, the thing that I, I really struggle with in the rain is a water ball. Um, so it's basically when you get water stuck between the club face and your driver um, and it doesn't spin a lot and, and it kind of accentuates anything left to right and I had it left to right off the tee pretty much the whole time and I just kind of fight that when it gets wet like this and um, you know, you throw in some some wind as well. This morning it was cold. The ball was going nowhere. Um, you know, I think I had a couple of drivers that barely went 220 metres. Um, yeah, it's, it's you just everything's hard. And you know, today was just one of those days where I got off to a pretty poor start. And you know, from that, yeah, you know, there is some birdie chances the first four holes and or first five holes maybe. And 
if you stuff them up, you know, you, you're kind of on the back foot, and that was me all day, to be honest. So, you know, I was two over through five, uh, two, sorry, two over through seven, um, and then, you know, there's just no, no real birdies, no real let-up on the back nine, and, um, you know, I kind of held on to it pretty well from there, but, you know, on a golf course like this, you know, it's, it's pretty tough. I think later on, the guys probably had a, a little bit less wind than what we played in. They still played in the wet, but, you know, I saw... Um, I watched a bit of the coverage this afternoon and, you know, there were guys hitting shots from 30 or 40 yards up a fairway from where we were hitting from earlier in the day when the wind was up a little bit more. And um, But then vice versa, down, you know, sort of 18, you know, guys are barely getting to the fairway and we didn't, when we played, it was a bit downwind and you could quite easily get to the, you know, almost get there in two if you had a good drive when we played. So it's amazing how different the golf course plays as well in, in these kind of conditions and, yeah, it was just not a not a real fun day out on the golf course. How are you um, dealing with those those mind those, those thoughts that come into your mind? Because you know I'm nowhere near the uh, same golfer, but when there's a little left to right wind, I'm hitting it straight all day. But that little thought gets in my head, and then I spray it right. So how much work are you doing on the mental side of the game, Foxy? Um, you know when you've got five minutes between a shot that you've been disappointed with, and you're walking up to that ball, like what what's going through your mind? Um, to be honest, mate, you kind of just get used to dealing with it. Um, you know, you, it just becomes process-based. In the end, you just go, okay, well, I've just got to go and hit the next shot. Um, you know, I work with a with a psychologist and everything like that. And our biggest thing for the last little while has just been trying to beat the golf course. And it's kind of, at that point, yeah. it's forgetting about any of the outcomes. It's just go out and hit, kind of try to hit whatever shot's in front of you. Um, and, you know, when you get a shot that you don't like, you've just got to, got to really really commit to it i mean I, I imagine it's the same for you with footy you know if you drop a ball mm. if you start thinking about trying to catch it or do better next time it almost becomes harder you've just got to go out there and do it and it's kind of the same for us you just you get used to it and you just go out and kind of kind of do it and just try to try to hit good shots and forget about the the outcome of it i think that's that's when it becomes a little easier you know especially golf that ball doesn't move um, you know, the more you think about it, generally the worse it gets sometimes. So it's, it's almost easier to just to try to be reactive with it. Just you know, try to pick a shot and hit it. And and I've always enjoyed playing in those, you know, especially in the wind. It really forces you to be that way. The rain maybe not so much. It's just kind of hang yeah. on for dear life. But the wind always forces you to kind of try to hit a shot rather than than try to make a golf swing. There's been a lot of chop, uh, chat, Foxy, about the, the technology and the way the game's evolving. Are you happy with the way the golf courts uh, are being set up and they are starting to fight back towards uh, the pro golfers like yourself? Yeah, I mean, I feel like every golf course I've played in the States this year has been an absolute brute. Um, <laughs> and the, the, the majors this year we've had, you know, obviously the scoring was relatively low at the at the US Open for a US Open, but it wasn't stupidly low at the Masters. Um, you know, the the PGA was a brute. It certainly, if you take Brian Harmon out of it this week, it wasn't low. I mean, you know, what, seven under was second. Um, mm. You know, I, I think a little bit too much is being made of the technology in golf. I mean, mm. it's kind of a funny one. They want to make golf harder for just the men uh, or just professional men and kind of leave the game as it is for the rest you know i don't know i don't see how they make that work to be honest it, it, 
you know, the great thing about golf is, I mean, as a, you're a, you're a mad king golfer, you can come and play Royal St. George's mm. off, oh, sorry, not Royal St. George's, uh, you can come and play Hoylake off the back tees like we did and see how you fare with the same equipment, the same balls, everything else. It's you kind of, there's not many other sports you can do that. And I think if you change all of that in golf, you kind of lose that aspect of it a little bit. And it, you know, I think there's other ways to kind of kind of curb what's going on. I mean, you know, you don't have to keep building 8,000-yard golf courses. You know, design and conditions and everything like that can come into it as well. And, yeah, it, it, may, have, it may have got out of hand potentially, uh, you know, in the early 2000s. But, you know, the ball and, and clubs and everything like that have been been basically capped since then I think you know in the last 20 years most of the increases have actually come in terms of the athletes themselves I mean you look at you look at guys now you know obviously Tiger back in the early 2000s was the crazy speed but there's so many guys with that now you know the training is from a young age is better all the technology in terms of trackmans and shaft fittings everything is optimal now compared to what it was 20 years ago and I think you were kind of reaching the end of that curve. I don't think golf can be pushed much further with the technology it has. So I, I think all of all the talk about technology and we need to roll back. I think we're kind of, it, it, it's we're at the peak now. I don't think it can get any further. And in my honest opinion, I think the 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 rule makers in the game are making a a much bigger deal out of it than it is I mean I think golf's been in the best place it's been in a long time there's so many people playing it there's a lot of people watching totally it totally agree you know the, the professional game's fantastic at the moment why mess with something that's working yeah that's, a, that's exactly right and there's a, you know, a lot of good blokes um, in on the scoreboard coming through uh, Rams up there you've got Kim uh, obviously Fleetwood started with a, with a hiss and a roar what's up next for you Foxy? Uh, I am off to Minnesota tomorrow morning. I, uh, hopefully, a couple of events in the states: the 3M Championship and the Wyndham, and kind of see where I sit on the FedEx Cup after that. Um, and then a, a little bit of time at home, which will be nice. At, you know, I've done a lot of travel this year, and I'm quite looking forward to to just kind of resting and recuperating and spending a little bit of time with the family. But first, a couple of nice warm weeks in the States. After this, it'll be quite nice. <laughs> yeah, don't come down here. It's not warm down here. It's wet. <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible. Oh, don't, don't, don't worry. We're in the middle of summer here, and it's it's. I imagine it's exactly like winter is white right now in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> so there won't be any fishing uh, on the cards, mate. You'll be holding the fort down, being dead, I'm sure. Yep, yep. I'd like to get out a little, occasionally. I've done done very little fishing this year so if I can sneak one trip that would be amazing but yeah obviously a, a three months old at home and a two and a half year old uh, it might be hard to sneak out but yeah try to save <laughs> up a few brownie points and sneak out for a morning or something Oh well done Foxy we appreciate you coming on mate we're, we're so proud of you back here in New Zealand you know you fought through so much over the last couple of months and not many people will know that so thank you so much for being honest and open this morning and uh, all the best for the next couple of weeks it's good to see you flying the flag on the PGA Tour as well mate surely close to getting that uh, that bogey off the back mate thanks so much and uh, travel well over the next, next couple of weeks Cheers boys thanks for having me There he is Foxy, it's, it paints a, good, a nice picture, a like great, the honest and open. It is. Hey, hey Kempe, like, there's so much going on in his life. 
the preparation leading into these majors. Imagine if he had full prep, you know. He's fought through so much to give himself a chance on a final day. Didn't get the result he was hoping for. But when you paint a picture like that, that a lot of these athletes go through, and the public expect them to be 100% every time. You cannot use an excuse, but that's the reality of sport and modern-day sport. People have lives, families, you know, emotions and feelings, and they're not being able to prepare the, the, the way that they're hoping to for a major, but go out there and, and fly the flag and do it with so much vigour and so much manner. Mate, it's, it's, it's crazy. He did. He did. A, he did such a good job of actually taking you through, you know, some of the challenges. You know, and you're dead right. It's like well, we're not watching robots. So just don't get up there and hit a ball and and it goes. Mm. You know, it's like your PlayStation game where it's going down the fairway all the time. And you know, so they're dealing with that sport. Um, you know, stuff where it sometimes just doesn't go right. But in the back of your mind, even deeper than that, like, you know, what he was talking about, his father-in-law, which was really sad, and his wife just had a new baby, and all of that other um, extra stuff on top of it. Well, you got, you, you have to take your hat off to him, mate, to be so focused. You know, like you said right at the, be- right at the beginning there, like if I, if, I can, if I don't hit that eight, I'm right in the game on the last. And then if I come out and I get four or five birdies, I'm right in it. You know, that's how that's that's like that close to mm. getting it right. Mate, you stay out of those bunkers. He was talking about uh, Tony Finau. Tony Finau had to put out of the bunker because <laughs> he didn't have an opportunity. I saw plenty of that at Royal Liverpool. If you go in the bunker and the bunkers are set up in positions and spots, like you'll just buff a driver down the fairway, it'll just get a bad bounce straight in the bunker, and you got to chip backwards and you got to scramble for par. So it was a hell of a. Hell of a golf course, and I loved his comments on technology. That's what I love. I can play the same club as, as Scotty Scheffler. I can play the same ball as Ryan Fox. I can go grab me a Shrixen ball in the shop and pretend like I'm being an, an op, uh, a, a professional golfer, but you still got to know how to control that ball. Yeah. you got to still know how to control that golf club. And when you hit that one shot that's when that makes you feel like a major winner, that's what it's all about, man. It was awesome to catch up with Ryan Fox. It's tradies hour with night and day. So start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 at your local nights and day. I've just started my morning with a nice coffee, courtesy of my beautiful wife, Daisy Dag, who... Woke me up at midnight when she arrived home from Melbourne. My darling, it's great to have you home. And also, just before I shoot off, it's two years today since I lost my beautiful mama. Love you, mum. I know you're up there watching down oh. on us. So, uh, well yeah. seen, brother. Love well you, seen. mama. All good. Stay tuned. Kempi's off the back fence coming up. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. It's 7.27 here on SENZ. You can call us anytime, 0800 150 It's tradies hour with night and day. So warm up your morning with a hell of a coffee, Izzy, because you need another one starting at $4.50 at your local night and day. with Tony Kemp. Yes, how good is it when a sport you love goes right down to the wire? Look at Friday night's game. Arguably the most important of the season for the Warriors and decided at the very death by an SJ field goal. Every one of the 19,000 supporters rose to their feet with the adrenaline racing to salute their hero. 
Man, so good. And then on Saturday, the Opanaki Cup looked like it was heading anywhere except Alan Sharrick's stable when Just Ask Me settled an unimpressive 35,000 lengths out and lo- and just loafing <laughs> right at the back of the field. But when he turned for home at 400 out, no one had told Jam that he wasn't meant to win. When his gears changed on the straight, he swooped from the back of the field running home to secure that coveted trophy. But wait, there's more you say. Step up, Mr. Didgeridoo. He fi- his finish was just as exciting as his brother's with only a horsey lip between victory and second. Mr. D stormed through at the last moment, won the sixth on the card, and guess what? He got all the boys paid. What a blinking day that was. Anyway, what is it that we love about these battles which finish in epic manner, manner and are right down to the wire? I think as humans, we love to see heroics. Those examples of endurance and bravery are coming back from defeat simply just mean more to me, more to you, more to any of us. And on that note, I'm just going to say this. Come on, the Warriors. Third, mate, let's go. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Lucky Mr. Didgeridoo had his owner's lip. A big old juju lip, in fact, to get everyone paid in the final... uh, Stride over the finish line. Well done, Kempe. Sean Johnson, golden point, mate. He has to be fighting for a Delhi M. And someone got on the first try and a try scorer had a cheeky 20 on him too, so got paid. And there's another one here for you, Kempe. The Warriors are on. Stacey Jones coming up at 8.40 this morning, so stay tuned for that. But what does Finals 40 mean financially to both players and club? Look, I don't think it makes a hell of a lot of difference for the Warriors. Every single week. 20-plus thousand screaming fans. And just to note, how good are they doing the build-up? Walking out of the tunnel, going to that big tunnel at Mount Smart with the drums bringing, uh, bringing, they're coming out from underneath the stands, the light effects, the feeling. In the dark. The lights are all turned off in the dark. Oh, man, it gives you goosebumps. They have made a hell of a lot of adjustments, and it is so good to watch. And it's getting better and better. I, I read a social yesterday that the last um, home games, all of the corporates have already sold out, so you can't get into a table if you want to go up there and enjoy a meal before the game. They're all gone. And dare say, if they go on a run, which I think is quite possible when the last five, mate, you won't get a seat. You won't get a seat at home because they'll all start coming out of the woodwork because... As we know, once we get into the semi-finals, there everyone will want a home ground ticket. Just ask that, answer that question around what does it mean financially. If it's still like how it was in the past, it's actually they don't get nothing from it. So, mm. in the contracts with the NRL, you have all season where you have your home and away, and you when you're home, that's where you make your money. But when it gets to, to finals, the NRL get the lot. Um, so that's part of the deal. I, I don't know whether it's still the case, but I'm pretty well sure that um, the NRL, you know, they won't be changing that one. That's uh, that's money for the for for jam for them. And you got to and you got to expect as if they do play uh, a home game, the Warriors, mate. She's twenty. She's thirty one thousand. Thirty one thousand at that All Black game is probably max at Mount Smart. <laughs> it was it was like pushing through people, mate, to get to places. So. Uh, I can't, oh, mate. But thirty-one thousand rugby league supporters—it'll sound like sixty thousand. They've got New Zealand on their back, and everyone is on the Waz bandwagon. How good is it? Stay tuned. We've got uh, choices flooring pole coming up with the one and only Captain K. Some headlines, and remember, Quizzy Dag 
is at 7.40. So your chance to have a crack at the Quizmaster myself. So stay tuned. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Auntie Aroha, for the news. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Captain K of uh, giving the keys in the kitchen this morning to deliver you some headlines. But before we get there, boys, there is a sale on for family-friendly carpet and hard flooring from our good mates at Choices Flooring. Thought I'd kick off the Choices Flooring poll for this weekend. We're rolling with simply the best uh, from 6am this morning. Feel free to go listen to the intro on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Whether you do get your podcast, go download it on the SEN app because at the same time, while you're there on the SEN app, you can have a vote on the poll. Just click on Izzy and Kempi, uh, listen now, and have your say. Best of the weekend, boys. A couple of Kempis in there. We've got uh, Just Ask Me. <laughs> We've got the Canterbury Rams. We've got uh, accelerator break, uh, accelerator brake and clutch, which means uh, Sean Johnson, Sean Johnson in there for his droppy, or Mr. Didgeridoo. So there you go, fifty percent of the options there do belong uh, to Tony Kemp. No pun intended. He does own those two horses, uh, but boys, your uh, your best of the weekend, Jam the Rams, Sean Johnson or Didgeridoo, Kempy. Oh mate, I've got it. Well, I've got a name. I've got three. I've got well, Sean mate, you, Johnson. You've got to pick one. That's the I name of the Sean game. Sean Johnson, Friday Night Jam, and Didgeridoo. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Sean Johnson. All right, Dagger. Oh, I'm gonna go the Rams in. Oh, there you go. <laughs> just like that. Here we go. Just 31 years. I saw it. there. I just, uh, in the ad break there, I went and checked out uh, the, the Sales NBL, and they had posted that the Rams are the winners, and they had a lovely graphic celebrating the, the win. And, and all of the comments are negative. The referees won their first title. You know, this, the refereeing here needs to be fixed. Let it go. Let it go. I'm going to put it to bed. As an Auckland basketball fan, I am happy that Canterbury Rams won because they deserved it. The, Let's the, not forget. The ref, I watched a game. The referee, they had nothing no, no, to do no, with that. No, no, from that Hawks Bay goaltending oh, game. Yes, so people well, are saying the Rams shouldn't even have been there. Yeah. But I'm in disagreement with, with that. that. <laughs> they had to get through the reigning <laughs> champions in the semi-final and then beat the first but seed. So the Hawks could have done that too. Well, did they? No, because they got done on a tender, <laughs> goaltender. Well, stop whining, mate. Could you beat so the, the top seed the moaning, or not? The moaning is like... It's deserved. Oh, does Kenos, does two Kenos oh. make trade easy? Kenos they do. Does Tony Kemp make my life any easier? Hell no. Let's get on to some headlines, boys, obviously. Uh, Daggy, one of your old mates, is, uh, is keeping the dream alive. Former All Black returns to Europe. Two-time Rugby World Cup winner, Owen Franks. He's off to Toulouse, oh, Daggy. I couldn't believe it. The other day I seen him on Wednesday and he flew out on Thursday. He's gone to Toulouse. It's just an interim role at the moment. Um, he's, I think it's till December mm. and then potentially. But he wants to go over there and man, he's just so competitive. Franksy, um, he's, oh, he's eligible for a, for a nation over in the north as well, which will be interesting. But yeah, he, he's heading over to Toulouse, a great club, so much history. They have a winning culture and, well, Franksy will be um, adding to that winning culture as well. No, I'll be no surprises that he stays over there for a couple of years. He's had to give up his Hurricanes um, opportunity here to potentially go over and uh, play for Toulouse. Yeah, I can see him being over there for a very long time. They're forward orientated. They love a scrum. Frank C will do them uh, do them well. So yeah, he's off. 
He's out of here. Still gone, the old dog. Frank's here with plenty of Franks, eh, is he? <laughs> <laughs> D, I know uh, your leg's only uh, two weeks away from being all right. Are you got plans to returning to the field, or, or are we going to start at the golf course and see how you go from there? Start at the golf course. Look, I had a wee, uh, had a couple of boogies on Saturday night, so I was a little bit sore yesterday, so I might have to do a bit of rehab today and uh, get the knee back to, to full full noise because uh, I think I was been trying to be a DJ on Saturday and it didn't really play out the way I go. So I've got a couple of weeks left, and then we'll have to wait and see. But golf course, two weeks. Watch this space. Well, there we go, and uh, maybe we can get you over to Miami, Dagger, because uh, messy mania is in full effect. Boys, let's just listen to this. The 94th minute to win into Miami the game on debut. Into Messi immediately goes down. Free kick given. Here we go. Here it is. Messi! Now, if I told you, boys, five years ago that in the United States you'd have a sold-out Miami stadium <laughs> cheering for Messi. Oh, sorry, hang on. If I told you five years ago that people in Miami knew who Messi was, would you believe me? It's no, just outstanding. No. The script what for a, his debut just couldn't have been written any better. It's what a, a business decision from David Beckham. You have it in his contract. Went over to LA Galaxy, put in his contract, an opportunity to buy a club. Bought that club for $25 million. A couple of years later, that club is worth $600 million. It'll be pushing a billion dollars that club will be worth right now. Average ticket prices before Messi, 25 bucks. Now, $430 wow. to go and watch into <laughs> Miami play. Take a bow, David Beckham. Oh, he couldn't have scripted any better. Diggy, so good. Is there a rugby player, or has there been a rugby player out there that that would have that sort of influence on ticket prices? Because four hundred and thirty bucks for an Inter Miami football game is, to me, just just ridiculous. American. Blowing it out of the water. Uh, I don't think there would. Uh, Dan Carter, when he moved north, potentially had this. Not, not even anywhere near the same pool. But when you're thinking of rugby gods, Daniel Carter, when he went to racing '92, the glamour of Paris. I think that probably had a yeah. similar story, but just didn't play out as as messy, mate. When you go there and you grow the club's social media viewings by twentyfold, <laughs> you know you're going to have an impact. So. Lionel Messi, I love I love wearing a pink outfit. You know, I've got a pink hoodie. I'm potentially going to go buy me a pink uh, football jersey and represent Miami. So good. Oh, order me one too <laughs> while you're at it, Dagger. Got on, you. on you. Yeah, he's the only one who can afford it. Get three. <laughs> there we go. What is uh, Messi upgraded the shirts so and now they're two and a half grand, are they? Oh, Jeepers, boys, do tradies deserve special treatment at the local Ken Outsire branch. Ken Oath they do. And, uh, Dagger, we can't get the, the boys uh, David Beckham paid here, but we do have a prize up for grabs next, don't we? We do. 0800-150-811. Give us a call now for Quizzy Dag. Take on me, the quiz master. I'm not going to tell you the prize. You have to come over and win it. And then I'll announce it at the end. So 0800 811. Many of you will be driving to work. You'll be listening on your radios. You might even be having the app downloaded and tuning into Quizzy Dag. Well, now's the time for your chance. Give us a call right now. Pack it up, pack it in, let me begin. 
again Get on your phones, dial me for a win I won't give you answers no matter what you ask me Try and play the quiz, things won't get nasty Get up, stand up, come and throw your hands up If you got the feeling, get the phone's lights ringing Came to get paid, we came to get paid So get on your phones and dial now Call now, 0800 Call now, 150 Call now, 811 Call now, call now and get paid It's Tradies Hour with Night and Day. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 at your local Night and Day. Quizzy Dag, your chance. 0800 150 811. Give us a call now if you want to take on the Quizmaster. You've got five questions. You get stuck. Kempi's got your back. So here we go. Let's rip into it. Brenton from Auckland. Good morning. Morning, mate. How are you? Ah, good, Brenton. All right, mate. Let's rip straight into it. What was Brian Harmon's lead at the end of the third round of the British Open? The Open. Oh. <laughs> and who's the next round? Might have been the next. Four. I'll go four. Close, but no cigar, Brenton. Sorry, brother. Have a good day. Timmy from Christchurch. How we doing? Good, Timmy. She's wet out there, brother. Horrible, horrible. Made better by another win for a Canterbury team, though. Yes, mate. I know know you'll be up for that. We were going to try and get Judd on, Coach Judd, but no. He's a little bit under the weather today, as some would say, but that's all right. Well deserved. What was Brian Harmon's lead at the end of the third round of the British Open? Oh, I'm not sure. I think it was five. Five shots is correct. 0800-150-811. Take on me, the Quizmaster. Lewis Hamilton started on pole for the Hungarian Grand Prix this morning for the first time in how many races? Oh, no idea. Uh, you got a clue there, Kempi? Yeah, it's a lovely beer. Lovely beer. Uh, four. 40, okay. Mm, that's a hell of a... Clue, Kempi, you got to be a beer drink if you're going to get that one. <laughs> Timmy from Christchurch, sorry about that. Charlie from Geraldine. Hey, mate. How you going? Louis Hamilton started on pole for the Hungarian Grand Prix this morning for the first time in how many races? Um, mate, I don't know, mate. Can I have a, a clue that's nothing to do with beer? Can be like a... <laughs> give, me, give me a proper clue. Yeah, mate. okay. Oh, Scotty Pippen. Oh, you want me to remember Scotty Pippen's number? How am I supposed to know Scotty <laughs> Pippen's number? Um, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll guess it since 2021. We'll guess it 18. 18 is incorrect. Sorry, Charlie from Geraldine. Oh, he's getting a little bit feisty towards you, Kim. You might be your fight for life Mate, next they were, contestant. They, they were too good. <laughs> they were too good clues, too. How many blokes haven't had that beer? What is it? Export? Yeah. Okay, there we go. Brett from Huntley, it's an export beer. Why <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't even drink Brett from Huntley, so he's got no chance. Uh, I don't know the ideal one, but I just know Scotty Pippen is 33. There you go. 33, export 33, a nice wee drop. 
Number uh, three for you, Brett, from Huntley. The Auckland Tuatara slapped the Franklin Bulls 92-67 to qualify for yesterday's final. Who's top scored in the game? Ruben Tarangi? That was last time. No. Night. No, it wasn't Ruben Tarangi. Sorry, Brett from Huntley. We have to let you go. Jamie from Nelson. Morning. The Auckland Tuatara slapped the Franklin Bulls 92-67 to qualify for yesterday's final. Who top scored in that game? Sorry, pass. Want a clue? Not months. Not months. Not months. (laughs) Not months. (laughs) Not months. Weeks. Yeah, there you go, Jared Weeks. <laughs> Question number four. Who finished in third place at the 1987 Rugby World Cup? France. No, they lost the final. They lost the final, so it wasn't France. Jamie from Nelson. See you later, Ed from Tolaga. Oh, hey, bud, bro. Um, can you say the question again? Who finished eighth? Who, fi- who finished third at the 87 oh, World third. Cup? Rugby. Oh, Wales. Wales beat Australia 22-21. Question number five. Which team had the biggest win in the opening round of the Farah Palmer Cup? Oh, um... Manawatu? Manawatu Cyclones. 84-0 over Tony Kemp's Taranaki. Absolute hiding. And, well, Ed from Tolaga, how many, um... Beers, pizzas, have you got now? Well, um, we haven't got our little chip yet, so but if I do, I'm going to put it all on beers and pizzas, cut. <laughs> well, there you go. I think you got about $700 worth of Rimera Golf Play vouchers coming your way. So there you go. Ooh, I'm gonna Ed from Tolaga. <laughs> Ed from Tolaga is going to absolutely enjoy that. Stay tuned, because after eight, we've got Alana Gunn coming up, because that's right. The FIFA Football World Cup is here on SENZ, is on our shores, and the football ferns take on Philippines, Philippines tomorrow at 5.30. Stay tuned. Yes, welcome back. Coming up to 8 o'clock after 8 o'clock, we're going to talk some football. Football ferns tomorrow take on the Philippines, and looking forward to that 5.30. Cannot wait. After a good start, they're taking on the Philippines, who lost to Switzerland 2-0 in their last outing. And uh, they're predicting this is the one they were targeting before the Football Ferns upset Norway in that first game at Eden Park. So looking forward to that and delving into that conversation. And also, Farah Palmer Cup was on the weekend, Kimpi. And the Waikato, the match of the round was Waikato taking on Canterbury. Waikato just getting over them, 27-24. Some big results. So all eyes will be on that going into the third round. Uh, later on this week. So stay tuned. A big hour here. We've got Stacey Jones as well. We're going to be talking plenty of that. And also some big results in the swimming. Boys just woke up to see this result. 400 free style at the Swimming World Champs. Bronze, Erica Fairweather. Fairweather, 3 minutes 59.59 seconds. Only five women have gone under four minutes in history. Huge milestone for New Zealand swimming. That is from Peter MC. So we appreciate that message coming through. Awesome to see the swimming. And only five women in history? 
so good. Stay tuned. Plenty coming up. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Deerfield, Helena Baby, no run Durham Lad, no run Secret Immortal, going to get through late, and then Helena Baby Wessex, and Just Ask Me is flying under the 60, have a look at this, Just Ask Me right down the outside, whoa, what a horse, he's done it again, Just Ask Me. Zambia for five. Welcome to the big time Zambia. Japan are exactly that. 2011 champions are off to a flying start at the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup. Welcome back just after eight o'clock on a wet, windy Monday morning here in Autotahi Christchurch. Uh, please look after yourselves. It is absolutely dangerous out there. There's a lot of water around on the road, so drive safe if you're in the rain-affected areas. But that's right, Kempi. Does Sam Hewitt have any voice left after he has a call? There is so much passion behind his calls, and you don't really have a chance to come in. Do you have any air to breathe in that room? None, none whatsoever. <laughs> and I did say to him during the game too, because... Um, Elliot Whitehead, the, the captain for Canberra, kept pulling out the referee, and Sam goes, Elliot Whitehead, he can talk. He gets that referee out all the time when there's something. I said, don't worry, mate, I'll get his phone number. You two will have a hell of a chat. <laughs> oh, you do such a great job, mate. So much passion and energy, and I know everyone at home is thoroughly enjoying the work that you guys do on the, the airways. And speaking of energy, after last week's performance on Thursday, I had lost my voice. I struggled to get to sleep because the football ferns did the unthinkable and beat Norway. And we're going to be talking football ferns and the FIFA Football World Cup. We'll be joined by Alana Gunn, NZSS Girls Head Coach and Coach of Winning Canterbury United Prize National Title Winning Team. Good morning, Alana. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning. No worries. Have some of these results surprised you? When you cast your eye over the results so far, the big names, you know, you've got France, you've got England, you've got USA, and they've obviously dis, uh, destroyed Vietnam in that first outing. But has there any ever been a more contested and competitive FIFA World Cup? Yeah, I don't think there has been. And considering they've introduced 32 yeah. teams for the first time, you're kind of, I was kind of expecting round one to have a few blowouts. But... Maybe the Japan game, 5-0, I think that's been the biggest scoreline so far. So it's fantastic to see, and I think it's just proving uh, the worldwide game and how it's growing in the women's space um, everywhere, yeah. We're absolutely loving it, and we cannot wait for tomorrow because Norway uh, Football Ferns has inspired this country. Everyone's jumped on this bandwagon. 
tomorrow night, 5.30, up against the Philippines, who has played a lot of football as of late, but went down 2-0 against Switzerland. Can the football fans do it all again? Yeah, look, I think they can. I think this is an amazing opportunity for them to pick up three points and, and secure you know, a spot in the round of 16. I think it's going to be amazing. So, yeah, jump on the bandwagon. I'm sure they won't mind. <laughs> do, you, do you think any changes will be made, Alana, to the, to the team, or are we going to be seeing the same uh, uh, girls run out? Yeah, I think you wouldn't, unless there's an injury, I don't think you'd, t- you'd not start any of those 11. You know, that was a fantastic uh, performance from that 11. So I think you reward that. I think what you might see is a little bit of a sh- change in tactics, and I think they'll go out and try and win this game from, you know, the, the, the whistle. So uh, maybe a little bit of tactical change, but I think that first 11 will, will, will be the team that walks the ball out, yeah, for sure. When you look at the Philippines, and they've got a couple of key players, Angie Beard has obviously played for Australia and switched allegiance to play for the Philippines. US-born striker Serena Bolden. Are those the keys if the Philippines are going to have any chance? Yeah, I think so. I think um, when you watched the Philippines opening game, Angie Beard was playing in a centre-back role. So I think they're using her experience and her pace and her physicality to kind of hold that defensive line. Normally she kind of plays a full-back, kind of attacking full-back role. And then you're bolding up front. She's um, she's fun to watch, that's for sure. She's uh, definitely not a traditional striker. So, yeah, one to watch out for. Alana, what are you making of, of the tournament so far? I, look, I saw that USA's first goal. I thought it, it was one for the reels. This, the back heel uh, into the into the the um, the line of the striker who, who's just hit that goal. What, what do you make of the, the tournament so far? Are we... Is it, is it up to expectations, stepping up to expectations? I, I don't think yet. I think in terms of the football, I think we haven't seen the, you know, the best is to come. I think round one's always kind of that nervous round where everyone either you know, gets something out. I think the top teams, uh, although they're picking up results, I don't think they're playing well. Um, mm. USA weren't fluid, um, how we've seen them in the past. I mean, Sophia Smith, she's an incredible player, so incredible to watch. But I think... Yeah, I think the best is yet to come, and I think when we start this round, we start to see some of those really big matchups like USA Netherlands and things like that. I think that's when we'll start to see the the really class football. European champions England didn't look like a title contest; only one nil up against Haiti. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, again, I think similar to the USA, they managed to get the points. They'll probably still qualify top of their group. Um, so they'll get through, but they're full of class. You look at their bench, Lauren Jane's coming off the bench, players like that, that's world-class players. I think they'll sort themselves out pretty quickly. I think they'll be all right. <laughs> out of all the unfancied teams, who has impressed you the most? Who has brought the most surprises in terms of these results? We're only one round in. You know, we can't get too excited, I mean, but there yeah. are some names. <laughs> You can get excited. You've got to, it's got to be the Kiwis. You, can, you, you can't not talk about them. Um, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know what they were planning, whether they were planning to try to pick a point up on that game or not. But, um, yeah, outstanding. And then I think um, Ireland, I know they didn't beat um, Australia, but I thought they put them on the back foot and uh, really pushed them hard. So that pool's a really interesting one to watch. Um, and then you can't go past this morning, Jamaica drawing against France. That's a pretty massive result. Um, I didn't see the game, but there's a huge result for them, yeah. Let's talk about the the performance of the football fans. Many were probably expecting them to play a bit, a bit, little bit more defensive style. Obviously, the threats in Hedenberg and, and what Norway possessed. Did that surprise you with their approach and how aggressive they were on the ball? 
Look, I think uh, Norway are all underwhelming, to be fair. Um, not to take anything mm. away from the terms. Uh, Rebecca Stott and Katie Bowen were exceptional at the back and with bits behind them. You know, we're talking top 10 players. Like, we're talking the best players the world class. And um, they just shut them down. They didn't let them create a, a lot. And, and then even with the ball, we just showed more composure. We didn't, you know, lose it in the last 10 because of nerves or anything like that. They, they held a 90-minute performance together and... Um, yeah, it was it was amazing. It was amazing to watch. Should we should we be worried? Should the Aussies be worried? Sam Kerr out till game three. A, l- a little bit, I think. What she does for that team mm. is, you know, she really drives them on the pitch. So um, if it is only two games, I think they'll be okay. I mean, they have the players to replace her. You know, Caitlin Ward up top is, in my opinion, is equally as good. Um, but they just need to, yeah, know that they can win without Sam Kerr. I think is the, is the the tricky one for them, um, but yeah, she'll she'll she won't miss it. Thank you. She'll she'll be back. <laughs> she'll be back. Yeah. And what about what about uh, Sarai Beam and and her role at FIFA? Is that the quality that's grown across the globe in football? Is that much much of that come down to her and her role with FIFA? I'm not sure. Not sure on that one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that sits. Yeah, because it looks like yeah. it looks like they've got something right here with the the development of uh, of women's football. Can you can you talk to us a little bit about it? Because you you know a lot about um, the colleges and that. Can you tell us about how big it is um, as far as the USA athletes go? Because it seems like there's quite a few athletes from the USA sprinkled throughout the tournament in lots of teams. Yeah, that's right. You start to see these smaller nations. Um, seek outside of their country and um, yeah, a lot reside in, in, in America through the college system. Um, I think it's smart. I think it's something we don't capitalise on um, well. You know, the, the American college system is like nothing else. So you get into a good college and you're, you belong to something bigger than, than football and you can turn your, physically turn yourself into an absolute weapon and um, they have the technical, tactical, they, they just have everything. The, the resource there is unreal. So um, I think, you know, if you're 18 and <laughs> looking to improve, I think it's a, it's a good uh, duty to go on. And, and I think the countries that are tapping into that, um, yeah, are smart ones. What's the strength like in the schools and, and football, the pathways at the moment, Alana? Like, obviously, seeing the football fans do that, mate, there'll be so many young ladies around the country that will be just inspired from what they've seen. Is there a genuine opportunity to crack on from New Zealand? Oh, I think there has to be. I think if New Zealand football is serious about growing the female game, this is this is the time to leverage. Um, you know, we've just launched New Zealand football just launched the Fantail program, which is a um, a girls football program for those junior age groups. So my expectation would be we start seeing these hubs really fill up and girls that wanting to give it a try. So we've got an opportunity now to ensure those that that's a quality product, and those girls, you know, we like we like the spark in them, and, and they fall in love with football too. Yeah, we're hoping to see them thrive off this opportunity. Obviously, the infrastructure that has been brought to FIFA and the clubs will be relishing of that new facilities that have been put in place. It's only an opportunity to leverage on this. We appreciate you coming on the show, Alana. And uh, tomorrow night, just a quick prediction, 5.30 at Wellington Ooh. Stadium. What do you see? I'm What's go- the scoreline? I'm, I'm going to go 3-1. 3-1 to the third. 8-0. Hey, <laughs> no. Hannah Wilkinson, a triple? Yeah, triple.
<laughs> there you go. You heard it from here. Alana Gunn predicting 3 1 win over the Philippines tomorrow night. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, appreciate it. I think you're out in the elements. It's a bit windy. It's horrible out there, isn't it? Just booking the dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're keen. It's absolutely blowing out there. All the best. Thanks so much for joining us. No worries. There you go. Alana Gunn, uh, Lakeza. Obviously, tomorrow night, 5.30, up against Philippines, the Football World Cup is well and truly alive. And you'd think, from watching the scores and seeing what's unplayed over the weekend, we have a competitive World Cup on our hands. No one would have predicted England beating Haiti by 1-0 France, drawing with Jamaica. United States, the swagger that that possessed that team, 3-0 over Vietnam. But she's been pretty even throughout. Oh, jeepers here, boys, and it's only going to get that way, uh, obviously, starting on day one. With us beating Norway, that threw so much around for these teams. Now, Norway's scraping to try and get back in uh, and get through to that round of 16, which they expected to, but it's it's just been the crowds, Izzy. Like, I, I never would have expected New Zealand sporting fans to show up and, and, and portray the, the role of fans for once. You know, it's not like, especially at Eden Park, where I'm used to uh, us Aucklanders sitting there and, and maybe giving a quiet one of these, a, a quiet little clap and a nod of the head of approval, but it's, it's just been phenomenal to see the buy-in from everyone. I mean, I was watching, um, it was South Africa, Sweden last night. I was watching that game and, and the amount of people on Instagram stories that were watching this mm. this game of two countries that we have absolutely nothing to do with on a footballing respect and these aren't two of the best teams in the world, people are just buying into the product that FIFA are giving. And I was actually talking to uh, to, to Ruby G, our, our big boss out there just before, and, and he was at the USA-Vietnam game at, at Eden Park on Saturday. And he said the exact same thing, Digger. We said, when you walk into Eden Park... It doesn't feel like Eden Park one bit. You're in a World Cup venue. I could be in Brazil. I could be in Qatar for the World Cup. You know, what they've done to these venues is is, is quite terrific of, of making it feel like you're at the FIFA World Cup. You're not at Eden Park. Once you cross through those gates and enter Eden Park, you're in a, you're in a completely different world. It's just amazing to see. One thing I do have, though, and I did read this article on stuff, should we ban the Mexican wave? <laughs> Are we sick of them? Because it's Why? such a distraction. Is it boring? Uh, no, we had a few people sitting up behind us on that opening ceremony try and start the Mexican wave. And I find it a little bit disrespectful to the players. And let me just tell you why. Because while this Mexican crowd is going, you hear the big countdown, 10, 9, 8, way, and then it goes for one row and then there's big boos from, from a select group of people because no one's getting involved on it. By that time you're turning around, everyone's going, what the heck's going on? Just before Hannah Wilkinson's goal, they tried to start a Mexican wave. And so I bet you a good group of about 40 to 50 people would have missed Hannah Wilkinson's <laughs> goal because they're waiting for this Mexican wave. It's such a distraction. And to me, yeah, it's just bland now like I remember it from when I was nine at the 2011 Rugby World Cup and I loved it then but that was nine years ago have we outgrown the Mexican wave can we get something better why don't we start a, a two sort of minor such a long time nine years ago <laughs> why don't we start that let's, let's come up with because something instead of kiwi or let's no, go we don't kiwis. we don't have it at us we that, don't have it enough that's what I'm as saying, Kiwi this is the perfect fans. opportunity with with what they're doing to the venues, what what this FIFA World Cup is doing to the we crowds. We follow trends. 
We follow trends. We don't create trends. Okay, here. well, this we trend we've followers. been following since the 1986 World Cup in Mexico. You know what I mean? Like, let it go. Let it go. It's older than you, Dagger. Let it go. The Mexican wave was brought in for a boring or a stalemate kind of position in the game. You know, when things not happening on the field, you want to bring your own entertainment to the to the crowds. And so, what's that saying to the people that are playing on the on the park that we're not putting on any, we're not entertaining you enough? So yeah, I, I agree. And I, look, I I hate it when they throw up all cans and glasses, and then they're filling, and they're, some of them are coming down and affecting yeah. the kids as well. But yeah. oh, like, there's other other ideas that could come up. Mate, football fans are the best fans in the world. They are the best fans. They are patriotic. Oh, they go a bit overboard sometimes. I'm seeing so many th- clips on social media. I just saw one uh, just before the show in the, one of the Arsenal performances. There was a big old scrap in the, in the stands. So they are passionate as well, but they do bring a lot of energy, and I love watching them. But, mate, this Football World Cup, I'm on. I'm on board. It is so enjoyable to watch. They do it differently, and tomorrow night our football ferns can create history, lads. Who would have thought Kempi? They won that first game. They could potentially win two in a row. Back-to-back wins. They've had to go overcome a lot of emotion. There was plenty going on post that result. Now, I've had a couple of days to reset, go out there in Wellington. What are the conditions like in Wellington anyway? I want to know. Is it wet? Is it windy? Probably. It is windy, old Wellington. But tomorrow night, live here on ECNZ, our football ferns, Philippines. Come on. 3-1. Alana Gunn. What do you reckon, Kempi? Get it done. Alana Gunn has put it out there for us. So I, I reckon they get it done. I, look, I think the, the the home advantage, one of the things that they probably didn't think about is was the weather because there's been a bit of rain, eh, like in the games and stuff. Um, and what about the crowds? Like in Australia especially, the crowds are coming out in force over there at their big stadiums. Um, and I think if the Ferns get through this game, uh, they go and oh, they go full the next one, 100%. And 16, they make the 16. Jeez, oh, you won't get a ticket. Again, another another sporting event where you can't get any tickets. So uh, I think everyone's behind them. As I think it's take, I love watching um, really good football. And for me, I still think after watching a bit of it that the States are still the favourites. They look, they look a class above everyone else. They look a class above everyone else and they dress above everyone else. They have swagger to boot. Stay tuned. We've got some Warriors quality moments coming up with Ken Kempe and we've got Stacey Jones joining us at about 8.40 this morning. So a big 40 minutes ahead. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Yes, welcome back. It's 26 past 8 and it's time for our Warriors quality moment brought to you by Grain Court Feeds. Your trusted partner for quality dairy feed options. Kempi, what do you got? I'll tell you what, there's so many of them, is he? There's SJ's drop goal at the end of the game to win it. There's all the defensive efforts. There was there were four sets of six that they defended uh, on the weekend against Canberra, is he? That was absolutely outstanding. I think uh, Webby will play a lot of that. That was a really good moment. But I'm going to be a little bit selfish here, and we're going to go to Marata no Kure. Here's Egan now. They go short side. Near corner! You should retire now. You should retire now. He called it before kickoff. 
Marat in the corner on the shorthand side. A beautiful line ball. He gets the first try of the evening. We're just four minutes in, and it's four points to nil. Warriors lead. <laughs> Did Sammy get on? <laughs> no, he didn't. He did, <laughs> and I t- he was we're talking because he always hits me up before the game. You know, what do you reckon? What do you reckon? What do you like? And he's like, yeah, he, he, he likes a little bit of confidence. You like mine? This is what I got. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah. Look, I, I just think I know he's had three weeks off, but I just got a feeling, you know, Marata will go through this this edge of crockers, you know, with um, Jack White in there. And when it, when it happened, oh, that was uh, a lot of people that got paid on that on that one. There, I don't, I actually don't know how much he was paying, but. I've got a funny idea. Be twenties at least. It would have been heaps, plenty. He would have got paid. Digger, and many of you out there would have got paid. You should have seen this guy in the kitchen on Friday uh, when he was cooking Uh up. It was like Mick Guerin in the nineties. The phone just didn't stop ringing, and it it was everyone (laughs) ringing. Kempi, what's your tips for tonight? What's your tips for tonight? (laughs) And every time he gave it, oh, you know, I like the look of New Kure. And then everyone bit, except for me. He talked me out of it. He talk- I said to Kempi, I reckon Nia Kore's going to score today. And Kempi said, yep, mate, first try scorer, get on. So I said, oh, no, nah, he's going to stop that. So I got off, but in the end, Kempi, you wouldn't stop bragging about it, would you? You've picked, what is that, six weeks in a row five, now, Kempi? Five weeks in a row. Well, five Warriors games in a row, the um, the first try score, which is just absolute fluke, uh, I have to say. <laughs> Because cause I, I often say, because now it's like, come on, you know, like there's a lot of pressure. Like people are phoning. I've got all these gambling sites like wanting to friend me on Facebook and, and Instagram, you know, like, do you want to be a part of this 100% winning chance? I'm like, get out of here, mate. And then the, now when they phone, I say, listen, you guys have a guest too, and it's probably as good as mine. <laughs> it's a hell of a guess. And what about this multi? Ford League that paid out $481. The Warriors to get the result. A draw on normal time. Player tries Jordan Rapana score any time. Maratania Kore score any time. Five bucks return 2.5k. Wow. Put more <laughs> money on it. <laughs> Who picks a draw at the end of normal time and the Warriors to win? That is a hell of a punt that someone sent through, and someone out there will be having to go buy a lotto to get paid because that is absolutely fluky. Send your results through. Did you get paid on the weekend? Because I've just read off a a multi. I didn't get paid. I took uh, Jam for a place. I know many of you out there would have got paid. If Maratini Okore was scoring first try scorer, someone had a cheeky 20 on him. So what did he pay? Let us know on double eight, double three. Kempi's quality moment was Marata near Kore. My quality moment was Chance Nickel Clods there. When he sneaks out the back, Kempe, we'll talk about it more mm. with Stacey Jones, but their structure, particularly on that right edge, when they get to Sean Johnson, he goes to the line, and Sh- Chance is like hiding. His angle and his, his pace on that, on that right edge to get out real late, but get into a position where he is putting so much pressure, this time on Jared Croker, he's been under the pump the last tw- uh, two times i played the Warriors. His ability to get outside and stretch that edge is so good. Mate. He is on fine form at the moment and uh, doing some great things. So there you go, Warriors quality moment with Tony Kemp. He's getting you paid, and I know many of you would have got paid. Well, speaking of paid, let's catch up with Paulie Moati. He's coming up. He's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, shaping and building New Zealand.
Yes, welcome back. Our next guest, well he's not really a guest, he's part of the furniture, let's be honest. It's time for our TAB catch-up. Well, Paulie Moati, bet live on your favourite sports, download the TAB app today. And I can understand if Mr Paul Moati is a little bit deflated this morning. You know, the bank, the TA bank that loves giving... Would have given out a hell of a lot on the weekend. Near quarter paid 20. Well, someone got him at 31 bucks. So he blew out and he came into 20 and many got paid. The Oracle Kempi, he's had a weekend to boot. His pockets are full. Everyone's pockets are full. Are you okay, Paul? <laughs> Blake Ashwood was telling me he's the Oracle because he tipped out... Um, the Newcastle Knights to uh, win on the weekend. So there's a whole lot of oracles walking around at the moment. <laughs> full of them. Full of themselves. Full of them. What'd you call them? What'd you call them, Kiz? Nostra dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. How was your weekend? Obviously, uh, New Plymouth didn't help you, but the Warriors as well, getting the job done. Like, Yeah. Did you have uh, you know, had the power a bit on the weekend? Uh, yeah, yeah, funnily enough, um, just ask me, uh, and then, uh, Mr. Didgeridoo, um, well, didn't have to wait long, you boys, uh, to get a little collect there. In fact, um, surely you picked up the, uh, quaddy as well. You just anchored the first two legs and then went wide in the second, uh, in the third and fourth legs and, you know, hopefully you got a piece of that $11,000 quaddy at New Plymouth on the weekend, but yes, well done. Just ask me, Mr. Didgeridoo, um, sensational result for you guys. Uh, I got a few text messages over the weekend from uh, punters who were very, very happy with that result. So, uh, yeah, that that was good. Uh, the Warriors, as you say, um, boy, oh, boy, have the faithful returned. Um, they're just backing them um, <laughs> like there's no tomorrow. Um, so it was a, 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 well, it was a win in the end. They probably made it a wee bit harder than it had to be. Um, but they got the job done and they rewarded those punters who did back them. Uh, just having a look at the market uh, for this uh, week and uh, the Thursday night game, Broncos, who sit at the top of the table, they are very warm favourites against the Sydney Roosters. They're $1.37, the Bronx, $3, the Roosters. Um, just looking further down the page. Oh, there's a, yep, there's a bit of money for the Dolphins, who are $1.56. Um, up against the Canterbury Bulldogs, um, who were um, absolutely smashed by the Pen Penrith mm. Panthers, were just jogging in the second half. They look very, very good and um, look good to um, retain their title. They're a dollar fifteen. They're fifteen and a half point favourite favourites against the Cronulla Sharks. Remember, this is a Sharks team that, prior to the season starting, most punters had them inside that top four. Um, with their running. They're a chance of missing the eight now, the Cronulla Sharks. They're 15.5-point outsiders against the Panthers um, this week, and they've got a fairly tough run-in um, until we get to the playoffs. So, yeah, they, they really need to turn their season around. or They're in danger of uh, dropping out of the eight. And um, the Football World Cup, uh, there haven't been too many um, one-sided matches, to be fair. I guess the Japanese up against... Zambia, that 5-0 win is probably the one that sticks out. Um, the USA were only managed to score three against Vietnam. Um, England scraped home against Haiti, 1-0. Um, and we've got a number of uh, 
matches on tonight, and I think we will see some big scores. I think the Germans um, are going to be very, just a wee bit too tough uh, against Morocco in their match tonight. The Germans, um, they won the Olympic gold medal back in 2016. Uh, they won the European Championships eight times. Of course, they lost in the final to England uh, last season. Um, they've been World Cup champions in 2003 and 2007. Um, they've got one of the best goal scorers in Alex Pop. Um, they look very, very good. And uh, I'd be backing them to win and, and win quite comfortably tonight. So um, just to have a look at some of the markets in that Germany-Morocco game in the FIFA Women's World Cup tonight. I think there'll be plenty of goals. Beautiful, Paulie Moati. Before we let you go, anything else before we... Uh... Let you get on with your Monday. Um, oh, look, I'm just having a little bow peep at the rugby championship. Um, of course, the uh, test match mm. over in Australia this weekend. Uh, Australia four fifty. Uh, the All Blacks a dollar twenty. The draws at twenty six dollars. Um, not a lot of friends for the Wallabies, I'm afraid. After <laughs> uh, the performance. The start to the uh, tournament they've had. Uh, maybe Eddie Jones isn't the answer. Um, the All Blacks have been very well backed already at a dollar twenty, uh, as have the South Africans. Although the Argentinians aren't without a little action themselves. They're six dollar fifty outsiders in South Africa um, against the Springboks. But um, it looks like if the money's anything to go by, that it'll be a All Black a South Africa winning double this weekend. So. Yeah, maybe there's a little uh, multi-starter for you, All Blacks and South Africa. Beautiful, Paulie Moati. We'll let you get back into it, mate. We appreciate you joining us, and I can understand your frustration. It was a frustrating weekend for the TAB. Watch and bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly, R18. Have a good day, Paulie. All good, boys. There he is, Paulie Moati. It's now time, just quickly, for our Choices Flooring Poll results with Kez. What do we got? What did everyone love, my friend? Oh, boys, I don't think we're going to be surprised at all. Uh, we know the fan base of this show is uh, up the mighty was coming in uh, with an undisputed 81%. Your winner of your Monday Choices Flooring Poll, none other than uh, Accelerator, Break, and uh, Clutch himself, Shawnee Johnson. So uh, there you go, boys. Weekend results, uh, discover your signature style and enjoy a virtual design experience with Choices Flooring's Room View. Very exciting poll there. Well, here's a message from Kim. Morena team, what a ride us Warriors fans are on. Cannot get enough of our mighty Warriors. Sorry, Kim, we ain't able to get you paid for Kempe's kicker. But Stacey Jones, he's coming up. Yes, welcome back. It's now time to talk Warriors. They're heading into a bye week. they got the week off, so let's hear from the man himself, Kempe. Who we got? we got Stacey Jones, mate. He doesn't, he doesn't need an introduction because yeah, everyone knows who Stacey Jones is. Hey, Stacey, how you going, mate? Hey, Kempe. Good, thanks, Izzy. You all good? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Yeah. Mate, how's, <laughs> how did everyone pull up after the weekend um, going into the bye round? Yeah, pretty good. Um... Obviously, we lost Murata there with a head knock, but we get a week off, and he, he should be right for the next game. Yeah, and what, uh, what is it? What is that, Stace? Like, what is the plan? Like, do you give the boys four or five days off, bring them back in on on the weekend? What what what's actually the plan yeah. going into the game, the away game against the Titans? 
Yeah, Webby's given the whole group uh, uh, six days off, which is really good. Um, you know, obviously we had a it was a five day turnaround leading into the Canberra game, so not a lot of rest there. So he's given um, given the whole whole crew uh, a few days off, and we we're back training on on uh, Saturday. But obviously, there's plans in place for the players. They've got to do a little bit of work um, on their own in the gym, or we'll go for a couple of runs. So, but time away from. Uh, from Mount Smart is, is good and going to uh, freshen the freshen the group up. Uh, well earned too. Well earned from Webby and yourself. The coaching group are doing a fantastic job, mate. You're building resilience in this Warriors team today. Like, what was the most pleasing part of that game? Yeah, uh, I, I, I think that our, our try line defense Did it was tough. Really good. They scored. <laughs> yeah, they, they scored two tries uh, off kicks and a try off a off a drop wall, and obviously the, the the last try that they scored was Canberra just playing some good footy. Um, so yeah, we're, we're really resilient inside our, our twenty. Uh, it's taken teams a lot, a lot of uh, uh, patience and effort to to break our line, and, and that was really pleasing that we're we're being able to hold teams out for for long periods of time. Hey, Stace, just talk a little bit about that because everyone's talking about you know the the tries and how good the game was and bits and pieces. But that that time there, I think midway through the the second half, four sets of six on your try line before they went to Rapana, they went to the air and Rapana pulled it out over the top of Montoya. Um, what is it exactly? What you know, you're so leaky out there, those edges, especially last year. Now. It looks like it's not just that they they defended well, but the tackles were actually had some had some punish in them as well. Yeah, look, uh, our middles are doing a really good job of, of just really controlling the ruck and, and gives our edges time to get back in defence and and get the line forward. And um, you know the, the try that they scored off, I think it was the one when when Jordan Raps got over the top of Mars. We were a little bit uh, we were tight in the ruck and 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 Adam. Uh, uh, Pompey couldn't get out and defend, uh, help help Mars out with that kick. So, you know, we're we're controlling the ruck really good, and and that's you know sort of makes you a little bit vulnerable on the edge when you know when you're really tight. So, uh, yeah, but we'll be better in that area come next time. You try and plan for every scenario in the game throughout the week, but one scenario that's you know pretty questionable is going an extra time and going to golden point. How much work do you put into that moment when you get SJ in the back and you get him kicking the game winner, which we've come accustomed to with SJ? Yeah, look, jeez. Uh, we watched the reserve grade game before. I don't know if you guys saw it. Um, yeah, uh, same score. <laughs> same score. And uh <laughs> He, he pulled the team meeting. He said, "Boys, we've just got to think about a field goal at some stage because, you know, we we don't practice it a lot, but obviously we have, mm. you know, in preseason we we have scenarios that we set ourselves up for, but you don't talk about going to golden point. But we'd be brought it up in the team meeting. He said, "Boys, if, if it goes to a one pointer, we we got our setup right. We all know our job, and you know how mm. how good is uh, SJ and that that uh, sort of." position to, to set that up. Mate, yeah, he's uh, he's on absolute fire this year, Stace. Hey, just one one little um, concerning thing I, I thought about, Stace, was that Bunty of Foy only got a little bit of time on the football field and it looked like, you know, with you guys having the, the early turnaround, the four, the four days before the, the game on Friday night and them coming back, they were always going to come back with a, a wet sail. Did you talk to, a, bit, a bit about the rotation in the middle of the park? Yeah, we always have, have a plan, and there's always one player, Kempe, that, that sort of doesn't get a lot of game time, and 
I reckon mm. it's just the position we're in. We've got middles that play big minutes. Like Tohu, you know, he can play 80 minutes. That, that guy, he only play, I think he played 60 on the weekend. Adam Fenor Blake plays big minutes. Mitch Barnett back in the side plays big minutes. And then, um, you know, you've got Dylan Walker that comes off the bench. So the rotation is really hard. And there's always that one player. It was Tom Arley uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, where he only gets 10, 15 minutes, but they do their job, and that's the job that you require for them. But, you know, in saying that, though, it is tough for those players because sometimes you need them to play big minutes and they're not accustomed to it, then it makes it hard. But we've just got a luxury of, of our, our middles that can can do that, that job. And you got a nice run home. Obviously, uh, games that are really gettable that can set your season up. Is there concerns that potentially if you play those middles too much, they can play a lot of minutes, but heading into the finals potentially maybe give them a few less minutes, giving opportunities to players that potentially might not be there come playoffs. Like, how do you approach these last five minute, uh, five games? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of thought going to how we rotate those players and give them time that, that's needed on the field. But, you know, we'll just take, again, the old cliche each game as it comes and play the scenario as it works out. So, um, but, yeah, we're going to need those players. And we get Jazz Tabunga back real soon too. So, you know, it's a, it's a real good headache that mm. we're going to have. I'd imagine Jazz, you know, he's a classic middle forward that, you know, will add something to the squad. And, geez, I don't know what we're going to do when he comes back in the team who, who you know, who misses out. And it might be a case of, um, you know, giving a player mm. a rest leading into, you know, um, a, a finals footy. Hopefully we, we get there and we can go deep into it. Mate, we're absolutely pumped. It's a good problem to have, Stace. And we know you're a little bit of a punter. So this week you'll be spending a bit of time in the tab, in the pub, having a wee pint and chipping away. I don't know if you heard, but Kempe's two horses got a win over the weekend. How'd you go on the punt? Oh, was it the one Bruce Sherrick's horse? Was it those ones? I backed him too. Yeah. In New Did you? Uh, we saw in the, uh, he was in the office the other day and... He said, back these two things. So the mail went around the whole team. <laughs> and I was getting texts from the boys, how good. So, uh, yeah, how good. Um, yeah, I'll be just giving another punt. So it was fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah. just uh, o, o flat white, thanks, Stace, when you, when you, when you oh. come in past. <laughs> Oh, fuck the bears, too. <laughs> hey, yeah. hey that, oh, that horse is named after Kempe. Just ask me. If you want any any <laughs> any gravy, you just ask Kempe, okay? Oh, how good. That was great, yeah. Brilliant. Awesome, Stace. Oh, you enjoy your right. week off, mate, and, and uh, well done on last week's results. I know you're feeling it. The whole of New Zealand is right behind you, up the wires. Thanks yeah. very much, bud. Awesome, boys. Catch us. See ya. There he is, Stacey Jones talking Warriors. He got on, even he got paid. Oh, I must have missed the mail, but that's okay. We'll shoot away and come back and see if Smithy got the mail.